Hi, I'm Fabian Coulthard. Hi everyone, welcome to Inside Supercars. Shane Van Gisbergen from the Red Bull Holden Racing Team here. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. Welcome to Inside Supercars, Tony Whitlock and Craig Lavelle. It's Grand Prix week, Craig, and it's, uh, despite what the best people have been saying, it looks like it's all going to happen as it was planned. What a week last week was with fake news, if we want to use that term, going left, yeah. right and centre. At one stage, I actually spoke to supercars directly about some of the stuff that was being reported on 3AW, which was that supercars had been asked to put on an enduro as the Formula One wasn't going ahead. There was talks that the whole thing was going to be cancelled. Supercars, of course, said that they had no plans and nothing was being done to change their schedule and their races at the Grand Prix. But there was so much stuff going around about what could potentially be happening. It was quite ludicrous at stages. Well, I uh, spoke to Thomas Randall yesterday, uh, and we'll talk a minute about that, and he was telling me that he'd uh, already spoken to a couple of team uh, members and different Formula One teams, people that he used to work with, who is uh, number one, number two mechanics, and uh, <laughs> talking about the amount of equipment that's already arrived, and this was uh, a couple of days ago, and of course, you know, equipment's arriving today, Gibsons will be getting it all there, and uh, as they usually do in their very efficient style. And uh, the hope, of course, is that uh, none of the people who are coming to work on these teams uh, are going to be discovered to be infected with uh, coronavirus. But uh, that'll all pan out. Um, it It is uh, been bizarre, these uh, stories that have been doing the rounds. One of the other big stories during the, the week, of course, is uh, the James Courtney one, stepping away a week ago from Team Sydney. I've spoken to people around the paddock, none I can name and wouldn't do it. As we would suspect, it's uh, as usual, money is the root of all evil and uh, that could be the tipping point that James is not going to be getting the things that he'd been promised. He didn't come out and say it publicly, but uh, that's what I believe. It's that same old uh, scourge of the world in that the dollars delivered weren't the necessary ones he wanted. But So that goes on. We don't know yet as to who'll be in the uh, 19 car. Maybe John O'Webb will be having to step back in. Mm. But certainly uh, Chris Pither will be in a coat car, as has been committed by that company and that driver. On the subject of things that cropped up uh, at Adelaide, it seems as though the super shock things have uh, come in for a bit. I understand that Shane Van Gisbergen's had something to say after his, well, obviously failure to finish the second race with a suspension failure that could have been induced at, uh, by the super shocks. No, I don't believe that's what he was saying. He oh. Lower control arm failure on his car was, they believe, a direct result of the broken uh, sway bar that he experienced at the beginning of the race. So uh, these those two things were completely not linked, uh, but he said right. that the shocks were not handling the bumps. He was speaking to uh, Chris Stubbs and Lee Holsworth on the Loud Pedal podcast. Now, interestingly, Jamie, when we were questioning him about it last week, didn't uh, have too much of a negative bent to talk about the uh, super shocks. We have got some questions in as we speak, trying to find out... Uh, some facts and figures on how the Super Shocks actually went with uh, Super Shocks themselves, and hopefully we'll be able to report that later in the week. You mentioned you spoke to Thomas Randall, and that was fantastic news. Thomas Randall declared fit, 
not only for Tasmania, yep. but he's going to be running a Formula 5000 as well. And uh, he's doing a bit of driver coaching, and it's not bad when you're driver coaching two former Formula 1 drivers, one of which, of course, has won the Australian Grand Prix. Indeed, indeed. Yes, uh, Fisichella and uh, Barrichello. Um, Thomas, in fact, is on Tuesday back up to Winton um, and uh, trying to coach uh, Barrichello before he got to the country. Uh, and, and no doubt that Rubens has been, you know, sort of really uh, getting himself ready because he was in a shifter cart at the weekend back in Brazil, uh, racing to get himself up to speed and up to, up to uh, action for jumping into the 5,000. And look, the fantastic news, Pizzichella joining him. Alex Premitt, who had a terrific run in the car. Um, it's going to be a you know, really quality field. And that uh, I'm sure that there'll be a lot of Australians who will get a real surprise when they see something that has been Australian design. Okay, the, the tubs come from uh, overseas, but uh, to see such a terrific car. And the great news is we've got a number of people this week, and we'll hear today from Larry Perkins, who talks about a number of items, one of which is the trophy, of course, the supercars race for over their four races, the Larry Perkins trophy. He talks about that. And also I asked him his thoughts on the 5,000s, of course, as someone who raced and won in the day in those cars. It's uh, interesting to hear from him. We're here with Larry Perkins in the truck moments after he's finished a race at the uh, Phillip Island meeting where you are the uh, patron of the meeting. Is this correct? So I believe. I don't think it was a race. It was only practice, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Oh, okay. Well, I don't know whether it was a race. Mind you, it might have been a race because they uh, had eight. We had to do eight laps. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, it was good to have a drive of the my 2003 car, the last car I ever drove, and drove to Bathurst was my last race. Now it's got special significance because it is in fact the car that your your son, son and heir to your vast fortune. Uh, Jack rebuilt and from t- top to toe and made it 100% original. I'm not sure about the vast fortune, bit, oh, but okay. the rest is right. And, He's got um, all your vast collection of bits. After I ro- drove in that race of mine, the, the car that went on to become the Jack Daniels car, and I think it had different livery at various times with Paul Dumbbell, I think, drove it once and so on, uh, and others. And uh, yeah, so Jack's. Put, took it back to exactly as I had it on the grid technically and visually um, uh, without the slightest uh, deviation from that uh, time. And, yeah, it was great to have a drive. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I'm sure that you and, and most others around things like supercars are very much of a mind. You don't have race cars to sit back and look at. To actually have to drive is, is something else, isn't it? Well, that's what you are making for, isn't it? And. Uh, you know, uh, having kept my last one, you you think, gee, I wish I could have kept some of the other ones, but we, we are lucky enough to have our 93 car as well, and one day, maybe this time next year, we'll give it a debut. Yeah, okay. All right, now, there are a number of things I wanted to talk to you about. Let's just deal with the one that's coming up most obvious, and that is that there is a trophy at the Grand Prix that supercars drivers go out and all want to win for a bunch of reasons, one of which has got your name on it. Tell us, that's something special, isn't it? This is the second or third year of it. This will be the third year, and I'm very chuffed about that. And uh, when the uh, AGP uh, rang me up to wonder whether I'd do it, I had never considered that there'd be a trophy uh, with my name on it. So uh, uh, I've really warmed to the idea, and now after handing it over twice and coming up the third time, I'm, I'm delighted uh, that they've done that. And uh, I hope that the guys who now race for it... Uh, uh, you know, I hope they appreciate it. I'm sure they do. 
Well, one of the things, of course, is that motorsport has lived long and hard in the Perkins name. Your father uh, long made his name racing around Australia, and your brothers as well. Um, was there, did your grandfather go racing at all? Was he? No, no. That was, he was before World War One, and. Yeah. Um, um, I, I remember on my first race meeting ever, I think I was six years old here at Phillip Island in 1956. My dad had a, a, a what they called a V-dub special, an open wheel. It was a, a supercharged Volkswagen engine in it. And uh, he actually tipped it over in the race, but uh, he ran that in hill climbs and other places. He made lots of uh, uh, race cars in his in the 50s. And uh, he then drove the first 500 uh, uh, race here in, in miles, you know, uh, in 62. So, yeah, my dad uh, has a long history of racing, and you mentioned the rallies uh, where he made a lot uh, bigger name by winning two of those round Australia rallies and uh, got uh, two seconds. So, he was pretty good at all that, and uh, yeah, so we've moved on, and uh, now Jack's uh, <laughs> uh, done his bit, doing his bit, and um, but that, you know, it's, it's your own personal enthusiasm that counts, and uh, no one knows where you get that from. Yeah, you've always had it in spades. One other thing that's happening next weekend at the Grand Prix of real significance is that Australia has lacked a premier open wheel class for a long time. Um, not quite since when you stepped out of open wheelers, um, but not shortly after that because you were in 5000s, you drove Formula Pacifics, and uh, then touring cars was the, the lure for you. But we're getting Super 5000s are coming to the Grand Prix. We've got 16 cars, we've got two uh, ex-Formula 1, not only drivers, but actually Formula 1 winners who are starting in it. It's a fantastic category for a whole bunch of reasons, but I don't ask you to look about the idea of what the actual car is, but the concept of us having this sort of car again, what do you think of that? Well, I think it's great. When I first started attending races in uh, 50, in uh, 60 one and through and so on. I went to Sandown when Jimmy Clark and Graham Hill and those guys were out, Chris Amon. I thought it was just fantastic to see that calibre of car here. And all my life, you know, in my early race life, I, I was only interested in open wheelers and uh, I had no interest at all in touring cars and hence I went to Europe and so on. I think it's great that, uh, that someone's um, uh, got their own category, got the category up and running, and because uh, it's a hard thing to do because touring cars dominated for so many years in Australia, and I was always n not necessarily, uh, I don't want to sound bad, you know, I would have loved open wheelers to have been as successful as touring cars, but they weren't. But uh, uh, you know, I'm all behind what they're doing, and I hope that it uh, turns out good for the various owners and enthusiasts because it's a great ca open wheelers is where racing should be. Yeah. Um, I'd like to actually cast your mind back to a particular time and you're involved heavily in when Formula Holden really came to birth because you're involved in actually uh, with John, I can't think of his surname now, at Holden, John... Lindell? John Lindell, yeah, uh, who was the uh, project manager from Holden Motorsport that led that charge through and you, you championed that cause of getting those cars going. Well, there was others at Holden. Uh, the engine company, uh, Errol Kroll, was the uh, director there, and uh, he wanted to make a success of the category. And um, we had a good engine shop, and uh, I had good staff, and uh, we we did the engines for everyone. And I said, uh, without regulation, we always made everyone's engine precisely the same. And and uh, to be fair, none of the competitors came back and said, "Hey, can you make mine a little bit faster than the next one?" And 
I'm delighted to have on our uh, trophy shelf that uh, Scafey won uh, four or five in a row, I think, with our engine, uh, Perkins uh, Motorsport engine, Perkins Engineering, and uh, we enjoyed tremendous reliability. Rodney Frith was our main guy in, in the engine shop on V6s, and uh, I think the stability of the engines was a big uh, asset to that category. No one had to spend a fortune on engine development because uh, they appeared to have great faith in what they were buying from us and uh, they were always the same. One of the great things I remember hearing when uh, Sandown last year the cars ran, I know you were there, I saw you there, and um, one of the great things I remember was Tim Macro saying to me, these cars are hard to drive. And I thought that's fantastic because the last thing we need is some comfy chair for some old bloke like us to be getting into because he can afford it. We want a category where they're developing. I was fascinated, a comment from Scott Dixon some years ago. He said if you could drive a Formula Holden fast, you could drive any sort of open wheeler fast. Well, I've never driven a Holden, a Formula Holden, but any race car on the limit is hard to drive. I mean, we all say, oh, it's easy when we you know, just got the lap record or whatever, but if you're on the limit continually, it's hard work, I promise you. And drivers uh, make it look easy, which is, it's never easy, I tell you. Uh, yeah, I watch Formula One drivers today and they make it look easy, but I know the, the stress and the thousands of computations going through their mind in a nanosecond and you know, to stop themselves putting it in the wall and to get the last ounce of time out of it, it's a big job. And uh, you know, guys who can rise to the top in open wheelers in my book, that they deservedly sit there at the top of open wheelers. Well, let's, as Australians, let's all look forward to a time in the near future when one of those will be coming through. You know, there are certainly a few. There's, there's four Australians in Formula 3 this year, which would be unprecedented since almost your era. Yes. Uh, look, it is the correct stepping stone to get, if your aspirations are overseas, Formula 1, which it should be if you're keen. Uh, well, I don't mean should be in a instruction but uh, it's great to see guys that are wanting to pursue the uh, open wheeler category and I assume to try to get to Europe because that's that's where the real action is we're just king of the kids here all right well I'm sure you'll have a great Grand Prix you'll be pulled from one corner to the next come and talk to us come and talk to us but thank you for joining us Larry Perkins my pleasure thank you and later in the week we'll hear from both John Bow and Kevin Bartlett also men who made their names in those sort of cars so that's fantastic to uh, to look forward to um, just on a similar note, talking about Super 2s, of course, and Thomas will be racing down, and Thomas Randall racing down in Tassie, um, which is the next event after the Grand Prix. And the other news was terrific to hear that Tyler Everingham, who showed some real speed last year, and he's going to be back in the car at Tassie. So that's fantastic. And Tony, coming up later in the week, we've got some great stuff. We're going to hear not only from Zane Goddard, who, of course, had his rookie main game debut Last, uh, well, two weeks ago now at Adelaide, we'll have Daniel Herrero on from speedcafe.com. So we'll be catching up with him and round out the week with Macaulay Jones's thought of the week. So that's a good one. He's talking about the people you meet in and around motorsport and through motorsport, and uh, also about doing some driver coaching for the celebrity races, which is an interesting thing. Uh, in and of itself, whilst it's not my, perhaps motor racing, there are some interesting characters you do get to meet from business and the entertainment worlds when you get involved in driver coaching of the celebrity races. So that's all coming up this week on Inside Supercars. And that's all from us. So good night and good morning and good day from Inside Supercars. 
Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next time for more. Or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited.